Roscoe and Friends. I'm Roscoe, joined once again by Steph Foreman, the fanalist. Hey guys, so great to be back. Love it here. Hope to stay for a while. Thank you, Johnny, and lots to talk about tonight, don't you think? Unfortunately. Uh, <laughs> so Leafs go down 3-2 to the Ottawa Senators in an uh, unfortunate loss here in Ottawa. Um, lots happened between Mrazek, uh getting just hammered, letting in a couple unlucky ones, and then uh, the most unlucky thing, um, I don't know if he re, uh, retweaked an injury or what, but he went down uh, blocking a shot end of the second period there and did not return. Campbell took over for the third period. Uh, Leafs scoring two to come back from a three-goal deficit, but not enough. Yeah, we all knew that um, Mrazek was injury prone, but we did not expect this to happen so soon. First game to play with the Leafs. Oh, my God. Uh, Sad to see it, but here we are again. So, like our talks yesterday, Hutchison, we're going to see him soon, I suppose. I was not thinking that it was going to be 40 minutes into Mrazek's debut that we'd be already (laughs) having to discuss Hutchinson, but here we are. Um, some other key things to note on the night. Uh, defense on the Leafs did not look great at all. Uh, Muzzin at and Hall, all. I think I saw Muzzin th- throw three turnovers in a row, like threw it, gave it up to the Sens, got it back, tried to clear it again, gave it up again, tried to clear it again, and again it was stopped at the blue line. Hall had some bad ones. I mean, the worst one of the night, I'm sorry, Pierre Mr. Engvall had a great first game, but that uh, that turnover early in the game just, you know, gave up the first goal of the Sens, and it was kind of downhill from there. I totally agree with you there. Uh, we talked so highly about Engvall yesterday, and then tonight he was a complete ghost on the ice, and I was just ready to see what was next from him, but then one got in, two, three, and then we're like, what is going on? But you know what? No one's to blame, um, or sorry, Mrazek is not to blame. Everyone around him is, unfortunately. (laughs) Yeah, uh, that very, very unlucky bounces, deflections in the first period, but the Leafs did not help themselves in what way, shape, or form. So, yeah, it was tough seeing. Like, there were a couple good looks. I mean, they had close to 40 shots by the end of the game, but it seemed like. I didn't feel like they were out shooting the Sens. The Sens seemed more dangerous. They were grabbing turnovers. They were taking advantage of every chance they got. They were fast. They were annoying. And I mean, besides bunting, I didn't really see much uh, of the aggression and kind of annoyance from the Leafs that Dubas wanted to work on this year. Um, it was tough. I saw Muzzin take a few looks to the net that weren't great and uh, not to take that one shot on a wide open net that was painful like Marner had a couple where he held it too long again looking like he's you know aware of somebody to pass to nobody oh do I have to shoot oh it's too late so it's a lot of the same mistakes from last night but amplified and the Sens were able to capitalize on more than Montreal was 
Yeah, I have to say a lot of reaching and watching on the ice. No one actually doing anything, which is so aggravating because when you're down in a hole like that, you just want somebody to stand out. One of these superstars, we needed so badly tonight. And even in the, the second period, there were only six shots on net from the Leafs versus 14 from Ottawa. So it was very disappointing. Then they finally pulled up their socks in the third uh, scored the one on the power play from good old vintage Spezza there. I got to say, when it comes to best performance tonight on the ice, I have to give it to Vintage and Campbell for holding it up in the last period. But uh, I don't know what you think about that, Johnny. I uh, I mean, I always love when Spezza scores in Ottawa because they hate it. <laughs> <laughs> um, and Campbell, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he, he did everything right. He gave them all the chances they could to come back. Uh, they, um, well, who scored the second power play? Oh, was it Willie? The Willie. Cover? Yeah, so Willie and Spezza with the two power play goals in the night. I mean, again, it seems like the two guys that were the only ones scoring in the playoffs when the team's bad are the only ones scoring here when the team's bad. So I don't know. They seem to do yeah. well when nobody else does. Yep, uh, good, old, good old vintage there with a huge uh, wrist shot on the first power play goal, then a nice perfect pass to Willie there to set him up to make it 3-2, but unfortunately it wasn't good enough. It was a big scramble at the end there, just like in the first period. Yeah. What a hot mess. So... I got to say the best contract in the league has to go to Jason Spezza at a league minimum guaranteed last year, 30 points in 50 games. Alrighty. Come on now. Come yeah. on. So props to him props to Forsberg for holding his own, trying to get that number one goalie spot. You know, he's had an up and down career since coming into the league uh, since 2011. He's only played 56 nhl games before tonight and he, wow. his, his stats aren't that great he's 15 29 and 5 but tonight he really showed that he wants that number one job and you know what ottawa may give him the chance hey it's murray's to lose honestly <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Overall, he has a 909 save percentage. So, you know, he, it's not that bad considering uh, his track record. But tonight, I have to say, Forsberg was hot. He was tracking all the pucks. He had a career high in saves, 46 saves tonight. So, kudos to him, you know. Yeah, honestly, this whole Sens team looks really good. I think people uh, might be surprised by how quickly they are going to be uh, on the map. You know, I think a lot of people write them off this year and say they'll still be somewhere near the bottom above at least Buffalo, but, uh, you know, it'll still be a couple of years. But, man, with the way that Montreal's looked and the way that the Leafs are looking against the Sens, they could uh, grab a couple more points than people think. Yeah, and all the money lines tonight, if anyone is in the gambling world, it was the odds were not with the Leafs. Everyone was betting on Ottawa to win. And you know what? Here we go. They won the next game. So is Toronto cursed with Ottawa or what? Like, what's the deal? Because when we look at this lineup, it's not that impressive. It's the young Shouldn't guns be. just... Yeah, they're leading the way and their plus minus ratio is just horrendous from last year. So what what is the deal? I I don't know, but the Leafs just choke when it comes to playing Ottawa for some reason. I uh, I tweeted before the game started 
that Murray was getting benched for Forsberg. And I said, the backup coming in for Ottawa should make me feel better, but it doesn't. It makes me feel worse (laughs) because just anything that makes it heavier on paper in the Leafs' favor means they're probably going to lose, especially when it comes to Ottawa. Yeah, I have to agree. Even in the fantasy world, when I see Forsberg on the waiver wire, I would never think of picking him up. He's just not an option in my brain. But whoever did tonight, hey, you deserve that win. So Especially congrats to all. Let's, let's just, yeah. just just real quick. I know we're not on, on to fantasy yet, but how, how many people actually did have him for tonight? You know what? Let me check that percentage real quick because I don't think it's very high. Rostered two percent. <laughs> there you go. 2%. Right, he has a he has an elite last name, but he's not really the elite one of them all. So there you go. That shows you two percent rostered in Yahoo Fantasy. So congrats all to anyone who took fans. that. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I got to bring up uh, Bunting, though. He drew a couple penalties, which was nice tonight, and just to get the Leafs going because we didn't see any fights happening. We didn't see any roughing around usually what happens when they play the Sens. I don't know if that's because Brady wasn't playing or what, but we know that Batherson can throw a lot of hits. So, hey, I um, liked to see that from Bunting, but... I need to see more still, just like I said the other night. I need to see more. All over Twitter, everybody wants him to score so badly. He's going to be like, I guess the curse of Mikheyev has left its spot for Bunting <laughs> to take over. He's going to be uh, hitting the post for the rest of the next two months till Mikheyev's back. Yeah, uh, the guy who cannot finish. Oh, Horrible, brutal. I guess the the standard is up high with Bunting because last year he had 10 goals on 38 shots. So we want to see it in Toronto too. Well, uh, we can hope. So there was a certain senator who made a uh, quite the grand entrance, not onto the ice, but uh, into the stands to watch and drink for some reason and not be uh, be part of the team. And that's Brady Kachuk, who today signed his contract after a long, 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 long time of waiting and making Sens fans feel just like Leaf fans did over the last couple of years. So uh, Brady Kachuk signs seven times eight point two one four complicated numbers. (laughs) And uh, I don't know, the first thing I thought of, I don't know if it's just because I'm a Leaf fan, but the treatment that some of these guys like Willie and Marner got for holding out for their contracts was to get shredded by the media and the fan base. Meanwhile, Brady gets a rock star. Literally, they had a band playing like he was John Cena walking into the arena and everybody just loses their mind. They're chanting Brady and he's like, yeah, yeah. And then he goes to the bar. Yeah, honestly. I've never seen anything like it. (laughs) Congrats to him. Um, I think personally it's a little steep contract considering that the most points he's ever held in a season was 44 overall in a full 82 game season and last year he had 36 points but even with those low numbers he led the team in everything for two years and counting and 
all players in shots and hit. Well, second overall in shots and hits. Definitely in the fantasy world, all those uh, bangers leads love to draft Brady. But in my personal opinion, if we're just touching on fantasy a little, he's not worth a 15th overall pick compared to what you see uh, around that first uh, draft there. So, but who knows? The, the defensemen are getting paid. We talked about Ekholm recently about a $6.25 million contract. So he's going to be the new face of the organization. And I bet you he'll wear the C soon. I, uh, I don't doubt that they're planning on putting the C on him. It's just eight seems high. Like I know they have the money to spend, but I mean, they also have Norris and Batherson and Stutzla and all these guys who, the, I'm just feeling like, are they going to be in the same position that Vancouver finds themselves in where they're like, oh, we have all these RFAs and no money to give them because we gave it to the first few. Like, I just, it, it seems good now. And the numbers, I know I've seen so many arguments from Sens fans on Twitter about how it breaks down over the years. Like he's making four and a half uh, this year and then like six and a half next year. Okay. Yeah. Then he makes 10 and a half for three years. Like where where's the benefit from that like he's going to be eating up their salary cap yeah the only benefit i see for the sends themselves is that there's a no trade protection through the final three seasons so they cannot lose him to a trade uh they originally wanted him in an eight-year bridge deal but uh brady was not for that i you see the the waters open when you go on the off season. And I don't know if he wanted to stay for that long or his agent wanted that, but I'm glad they came to a conclusion and they sealed the deal They They ended their stalemate. And finally Brady, he's about seven to 10 days out of playing condition because he missed all of training camp. But once he's back, I bet he's going to be on fire. Yeah. When you hear that he turned down eight times eight, it's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> what were these i mean i i get it he's got the confidence in himself but like holy that's that's a lot of confidence to turn down eight times eight when you're uh you know not exactly proven as a superstar yet he comes from a superstar family and he was brought up in this environment so this is where the confidence comes in my opinion comes from in my opinion so I'm not surprised kind of like Marner I'm just glad he didn't wait as long as Willie and Marner did and it took Nylander until the final what five seconds before the deadline oh, yeah. to finally sign so I'm glad he made up his mind day one done he has 80 more games to worry about and now he can finally do what he loves to play some hockey now in uh, in touching on the point of him coming from a superstar family, what does this say about the impending contract of his brother? If he's now mm -hmm. valuing himself at 8.2, what does this mean Calgary has to pay for Matt? Good question there, because he's seeing his little brother getting paid. Who knows, right? I'm not too sure what the contract statuses are of the Calgary roster right now, but I know... Um, Johnny's uh, going to get paid if he needs to get paid. Elias Lindholm. There's a few other players I would draft in fantasy anyways before his brother. So I don't, I'm not too sure about that. Uh, but it's interesting to follow, that's for sure. So uh, Tyler Pitlick, Brett Ritchie, Trevor Lewis, Johnny Gaudreau, 
Makachuk, um, Nikita Zadorov, Erica Branson, and Michael Stone are all UFAs or RFAs at the end of the season for them. So, oh, good to know. Good to know. Whoa, that's a lot of money. That's a lot. Definitely with Johnny. A lot, a lot. And uh, to be negotiating with both Gaudreau and Kachuk, I don't envy uh, Brad for living right now. Yeah, I don't blame you whatsoever. Wow. Um, so another contract, uh, Ryan Pollock signed eight times 6.15. More defensemen yes. getting paid. I know, just all these big Ds getting paid. Hey, Whatever works. We have a flat cap. He's going to retire there. Mark my words. But like you said on the previous episode with such a eh, six point, however million, it's easy to trade, like you said. So you you never know, right? Yeah. And they're estimating, I think it's three or four years from now, the cap is going to jump. So, you know, these people that are signing seven and eight years now, they're going to look a lot better once that cap is not restricted anymore. Yeah. And it's interesting to see what steps uh, Ottawa will take in the near future with all of these rookies or they're going into their sophomore second year of a full NHL season. So Tim Stutzla, Drake Batherson, Josh Norris. I got to say, though, Josh Norris was the steal of that Eric Eric Carlson uh, trade. No kidding. And nobody saw that. Did, did you know that Eric Carlson is the highest paid player this year at $14.5 million? Wow. Ooh. Ooh, yeah, yep. that's a lot for what he's been doing. And it's crazy to even think that Brent Burns and Eric Carlson aren't priorities when you pick uh, fantasy players in the NHL. Like they used to be about three, four, five years ago. They were just hot commodities. And then you get such a steal in that big trade with Josh Norris, and he's just develop, developing into this awesome number one center. And just wait another couple years. I think this Ottawa, Ottawa team's going to be dangerous. But for now, I don't think they're going to be making the playoffs. I don't know what you think. I think it's going to be streaky. Uh, we are going to do our full division rankings when we uh, get the rest of our team together here. But um I I see them finishing above, obviously Buffalo. I I don't know. They, it's going to be between them and Montreal for kind of that that five six spot. Montreal might squeak into a into a wild card, and I think Ottawa will be right behind them, just outside of it. But um, I don't know. I think they'll be streaky. They'll win some games that people don't expect them to, and then they'll. Uh, definitely normal out and lose a couple to uh, the teams that they should yeah we might be surprised like even seeing tonight's scores uh sabers won over the canadians 5-1 and then we go to the tampa versus detroit you would obviously pick the obvious winner tampa is going to kick detroit's ass but no they are winning 6-3 so far so you never know that's the beauty <laughs> about hockey just anything could happen at any time eh <laughs> Detroit is not supposed to be good. Like they're like winning is not good for that team. They want to be in the bottom. They're going for draft picks here. Like yeah. this is not good for either of these teams. Um, what 
Uh, what about the, where are we at with Pittsburgh and Florida? Where did they end up? Uh, Florida won in overtime, 5-4. Nice, nice. Uh, we also have Dallas beat the Rangers 3-2. to two. Uh, Chris Kreider on my fantasy team picking up a goal for the Rangers. He uh, has now two goals in two games. Somebody to watch. Uh, Carolina beating the Islanders 6-3. Yep. Uh, on my team, I luckily had Toivu Teravainen, who had two points on the night with five shots. And um, ooh, other than that, there's a couple games on the go still. Big win from Columbus, 8-2 versus the Coyotes. Uh, so glad I picked up Elvis today on my fantasy uh, fantasy hockey team. Oh, my God. I had such bad luck with goalies this year, and I was so iffy about dropping Kludobin for Elvis, but I needed those starts. We changed our settings to three starts, and I was really, really desperate, but it paid off. So it doesn't hurt to take those risks sometimes, I got to say. Hey, would have been even riskier if you grabbed Forsberg. Yeah. <laughs> hey, he's available everywhere, apparently. <laughs> so um, just to take a second to talk about money, something that the NHL, um, you know, we never talk about that when talking about hockey. Yeah. <laughs> um, the Leafs were valued as the uh, highest, or sorry, they were listed as the highest valued team in the NHL at $2 billion dollars. Now, I remember growing up hearing that the Leafs were, you know, the most expensive team in the league. But I know over the last couple of years that has not been the case. The Rangers and um, a couple of other teams, I think, have been fluctuating in the top there. But uh, the Leafs are officially back on top at $2 billion post-pandemic um, lockdown. And the Coyotes are at the bottom, valued at $410 million. Are we surprised? I no. don't think we're surprised here. No. Whatsoever. No. And if you look at the rest of the teams, the average NHL team fr franchise value is $930 million a year. But the ones that are in the $1 to $2 billion value rate are the original six teams only. So, and when with Leafs coming up on top, not surprised. Because you know what? When I go to a game... Just buying my girlfriend and I a beer, I'm spending at least 45 bucks with a tip. So who knows? That money doesn't go to what we're talking about. But hey, everything's expensive as hell when it comes to the Leafs. Now, I think this is something that is not lost on Bettman and company because the way that they've been pushing Vegas and Seattle, it's like they don't want them to be like the Sens who are somewhere, I think, 29th at 500 and something million. They, they want these teams to be part of that group. Like the original six, it, it, it can't totally be based on, oh, they've been around for 80 years, so they have the biggest fan base because they have the history. There has to be a push to build fans around a team because that's not an issue in other sports. Like there's teams that pop up all over the place and in the NFL, they've got 32 of them. And I think every one of those packs more fans into their building than there are of some American NHL teams in total. 
that's for sure. And it totally surprised me. I'm not a big NFL person, but I recently learned that they only play 17 games in one season. It oh, absolutely yeah. blew my mind with the amount of money spent in that league. And then you have NBA, NHL, 82 games, fine. MLB, we know they play like dogs, but 17 games yep. in one season just absolutely blows my mind. Oh, Especially the money... Yeah, and then the money they spend for Super Bowl purposes. Huh. No you guaranteed can... contracts. It's something that is just <laughs> right over our heads as hockey fans and Canadians. Uh, I mean, I shouldn't say Canadians. I'm not a CFL fan or Canadian NFL fan, for that matter. Um, so we were hoping to have Andrew here, but unfortunately he's working tonight. So uh, we'll be back on Saturday with him, uh, and Steph will be the one that is not with us. So uh, doing a little trading up of the crew over the next couple days. And um, speaking of NBA, we're going to be doing a Raptors preseason special episode uh, this weekend. We're going to have a couple friends on to do that. Um, Other than that, we're going to try to stick to uh, having our post games as frequent as possible throughout the rest of this month. November is going to be a little slower um, as Andrew and I will both be working. I don't know uh, if we'll be having anybody else take over hosting for a bit, but we will see. Um, Steph, is there anything you want to touch on? Because the rest I have is for when Andrew is here. Um, just thinking about the loss tonight, you know, I'm just a sad Leafs fan. And unfortunately it comes from the, the Sens and, Awesome job of Forsberg once again, but final notes, I have to say our team cannot wait for Matthews to come around. We have the firepower to do it. We have everything to do it to be on top again. You know the competition is just going to be fierce with Tampa and Florida in our division this year. So I'm ready. I'm hopeful. You know, we always bleed blues and... I'm looking forward to coming on again and talking more about the Leafs. Go Leafs go, of course. Go Leafs go. Uh, Looking ahead at the Leafs schedule, we are playing Ottawa again because Boo hasn't had enough of playing Canadian teams. So uh, (laughs) Andrew and I will be doing a breakdown of that. Then after that, we're finally, finally playing an American team on Monday. The Leafs and Rangers are going to be playing in Toronto. So We'll have a nice, fun, full-league cross-border play for the first time since the uh, oh, the Columbus series. Yikes. Ooh. Ooh. Bad times. That's a, I didn't think that's where I was going to go when I started that sentence. Oh, I didn't need to remember yeah. that. <laughs> but looking forward to it, ready to see the Leafs and some uh, American competition, seeing how Zabanadz jad does with the rest of the crew hoping fox produces because i have him on a lot of my uh, fantasy teams so uh looking forward to the rest of the league and see how it pans out especially with the wonky scores and hopefully some rookies power through as well and detroit is proving that tonight so yeah it's uh, yep. fun to watch throw all the predictions out the window because everyone at the bottom is beating everybody at the top yeah <laughs> 
<laughs> All right, uh, we'll sign off with that. You can find us officially now on Apple Podcasts as well as Spotify and Amazon and soon to be YouTube. We are just working out some, uh, well, if anyone's a video editor and wants to make us an intro, give us that and we'll be on YouTube then. Thanks so much, Steph. Sign off. Peace out. Thanks all. <laughs>